Welcome to My Pancreas is Broken 2, the podcast where I, Tommy Young, a type 1 diabetic, help you navigate the scary and confusing world of your new diabetes diagnosis and give you tips and tricks to make sure you can live your best life. Today, I'll help you understand some of the most confusing parts of managing your type 1 diabetes. What do some of the terms actually mean? Type 1 diabetes is already a very confusing and convoluted condition to deal with. It's not made much easier by having so many brand new terms thrown at you, and it can be hard to tread water in the seas of information. So let's dive into some of these terms, and I'll help you understand what they mean and how to use them more effectively. Starting off, let's go over the three basic terms you'll be dealing with on a daily basis. Starting with blood sugar, also known as blood glucose level, or BG. Depending on where you live and which system you use, metric or imperial, BG is measured differently. In the US, with the imperial system, BG is measured in milligrams per deciliter, or mg dl. Here in Canada, and other countries using the metric system, you'll see millimoles per liter on your blood sugar meter, or mmol l. These can be converted into the other system by multiplying or dividing by a factor of 18. For example, if your blood sugar is 7.5 millimoles per liter, you would multiply it by 18 in your calculator, and it would be around 135 milligrams per deciliter. If your BG target is from 6 to 8 millimoles per liter, it would be from around 106 to 145 milligrams per deciliter. For the purposes of this podcast, I will be using millimoles per liter when I refer to blood sugar. Now, if your blood sugar is too high, you would correct it with an insulin dose. But how do you find out how much insulin to do? You use a formula known as a correction factor. This magical number is usually formatted with a number like one to three, which would mean one unit of insulin for every three millimoles per liter your blood sugar is above the target. Using our target of six to eight millimoles from earlier, having a blood sugar of 11 would mean you are three millimoles above your target, and so you would inject one unit of insulin. Some people have higher correction factors and some people have lower, as it all depends on the person. So make sure to consult with your doctor or pediatrician on what your correction factor should be. The other most important formula to consider when talking about insulin dosage is the number you'll use most in your diabetic life, carb ratio. This number is very important because it controls the insulin you receive for any food or carbohydrate intake. Figuring out this magic number is the key to being able to get the best blood sugars you can. Carb ratio refers to the amount of carbohydrates that you can eat per unit of insulin you inject. Some people need more insulin than others, so everyone's carb ratio will be different. And sometimes it depends on the food you eat too. But in general, if you and your pediatrician or doctor decide your carb ratio to be, say, 1 to 8, that means you will have to inject 1 unit of insulin for every 8 carbohydrates you eat. If you eat 40 carbs, for example, you will have to inject 5 units of insulin to counteract the sugar and glucose in your meal. Blood sugar, carb ratios, and correction factors are the three most important parts of diabetes management. Now that you know what they mean, how do they work together? Let's give a quick example. You've just sat down for dinner, and now it's time to do some insulin before you chow down. How much insulin should you do? There's two main things you need, the total number of carbohydrates you're eating, and your current blood sugar. It's a relatively big dinner, so you've calculated out 80 carbs. 
blood sugar test complete, and your meter reads 13 millimoles per liter. Let's use your carb ratios and correction factors to determine how many units of insulin to deliver. Oh boy, math time! With a carb ratio of 1 to 8, you simply have to divide 80 by 8, which is 10 units of insulin. Your BG target is 7, so you'll have to drop your blood sugar by 6 millimoles per liter. If your correction factor is 1 to 3, you'll have to add 2 units of insulin to bring your BG down. So, if you're eating 80 carbs with a BG of 13, you'll have to inject 12 units of insulin before your meal. This is the most annoying part of diabetes, the math. Normally, your body would do all of this math on its own, and your pancreas would slowly inject that insulin it directly into your bloodstream. However, like me, your pancreas is broken too, and so we have to do it all by hand. Your best friend in life is going to be your calculator. With the big ones out of the way, let's get into some of the other terms that you'll encounter in your life. Our first term, and my personal favorite, is bolus. Bolus is a Latin term meaning clump of earth, lump, or ball. In medicine though, bolus means to administer a single dose of something all at once. Bolusing in diabetes refers to delivering insulin, whether from a needle, pen, or insulin pump. So using our earlier example, you would bolus 12 units of insulin for your meal. Basal is another important term, officially defined as forming or belonging to a bottom layer or base. Basal insulin is the insulin you take to keep your blood sugar at a comfortable level all day long. As we learned last episode, basal insulin is most often taken with a long-acting insulin, though with insulin pumps it can also be a fast-acting insulin. With a pump, making sure that your basal is calculated correctly is very important. We'll be talking more about that in later episodes. Glucose is another way to describe sugar. It's more often used in a medical or food-related setting, and diabetes uses it most commonly with blood glucose, BG, or blood sugar. When meeting with your pediatrician or doctor, you may hear the term A1C used. Hemoglobin A1C, or HbA1c, is a blood test that measures your average blood sugar over the previous three months. Higher A1C results mean that you've been spending a lot of time with higher blood sugars than normal. A lower A1C means that you've been able to keep your blood sugar within target range more often. A common requirement for using an insulin pump is being able to keep your A1C below a certain target, most often around 10. Hypo and hyperglycemia are two matching terms used to medically describe low and high blood sugars. If your BG falls below your target and you go low, that's hypoglycemia. If your BG rises too far above your target and you go high, that's hyperglycemia. I remember them by making the sounds in my head. Hypo, you go down, and hyper, you come up with the O and the ER. Spending too much time in hyperglycemia can induce ketones, which is when your body starts to use fat instead of insulin to break down glucose in your blood. Ketones can be dangerous in higher amounts and can lead to diabetic ketoacidosis, or DKA. DKA happens when you have run out of insulin for your body to break down glucose with, and it builds up in your bloodstream. When your body produces too many ketones, it can make your blood acidic, which can lead to hospitalization. Severe DKA can make you comatose, or worse. It's very, very important to do correction boluses of insulin to keep your blood sugars from getting too high or staying above target for too long. And if you do build up ketones, it's even more important to inject insulin to counter those ketones before you enter DKA. Finally, spending too much time in hypoglycemia can also hospitalize you, as there is not enough glucose and sugar in your blood to keep your body energized. 
These can be countered with sugar via food, juice, or rapid-acting products like Dex4 tabs for diabetics. However, if these methods don't work, or if a low blood sugar happens before you realize it, or while you are sleeping, you may require a glucagon injection. Glucagon is a hormone created to counteract insulin by your pancreas, as it will bring your blood sugar up instead of down. As it's not produced by your pancreas in diabetics, as ours do not work, you may require an external dose using a specialized glucagon kit. These are available for you to purchase, and I would highly recommend getting a glucagon kit to keep with you for emergencies in case medical personnel need to administer it to you. Thank you so much for listening to My Pancreas is Broken Too. I'm Tommy Young, and I really hope some of these terms are a little easier for you to understand now. As always, make sure to confer with your pediatrician or doctor if you think you need to make changes to your correction factors or carb ratios. And remember that you can always send me questions you have via my Twitter, at TomYoungRadio. I hope you've learned something new on this episode of My Pancreas is Broken Too. Next episode, we'll explore insulin pumps and how they can help you manage your diabetes in a much different way. We might even have a special guest join us. Thank you so much for listening along. Thank you.